This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations. Glad you could join us again today. And today on Ringler Radio, we'll be taking a look at the National Structured Settlement Trade Association's initiatives for the new year and learn about a special emphasis on educating plaintiffs about the security and value of structured settlements. But first, I'd like to welcome my co-host, my Ringler colleague from New Hampshire, Jim Early. Jim uh, is on the Ringler Board of Directors. He's a member of the National Structured Settlement Trade Association, and he's uh, just been promoted. Jim, why don't you tell us uh, what that new title is? Well, Larry, I'm uh, going to be the Eastern uh, Regional Director responsible for operations on the eastern half of the United States. Well, congratulations. Thank that's you. A, that's a great great new, new uh, job for you. All right. Well, joining us today is... Uh, Actually, our special guest and also a good friend, Dan Durbin, president of the National Structured Settlement Trade Association, better known as NASTA in the industry. And uh, he also wears a, another hat, and that is a senior manager of marketing and sales at Allstate Life Insurance Company. And prior to joining Allstate, Dan was also a structured settlement broker, just like us, Jim. Yep. You did it all out there, Dan. Uh, oh, wel- yes. Welcome to Ringler Radio. Well, thank you very much. Well, listen, uh, Dan, as we start this process... Let's jump right in and tell us about the st- kind of the state of the industry and what your plans are for NASTA's uh, 2010 uh, initiatives. Oh, no, I, I welcome that, Larry. In fact, you know, I'm beginning my 27th year in this industry. And I have to tell you that uh, when I look over it, my respect and passion for the structure settlement industry is the highest it's ever been. I was fortunate enough in the early 80s to see it start when I was a claims adjuster. And then, as you mentioned, for the next 19 years as a structure settlement broker, I saw every day how giving injured parties a structure settlement option really helped to rebuild their lives. Mm-hmm. Back to my current role here at Allstate, you know, I really see how the security and flexibility of life insurance products you know, can meet the financial needs of our recipients. But here's what's most important to me, and that's as a parent. You know, there was a structured settlement that allowed my son to attend the college of his choice after a car accident that caused some serious injuries uh, in, when he was a nine-year-old child. So I have to tell you, I've seen it from all angles, and I can see why this is a great industry. You know, I wasn't aware of that about your child, but uh, did I write that annuity for you? Uh, you know what? I was, a- I was able to figure out what to do on my own, Larry. Uh, <laughs> thanks. thanks. But, but, it, it, but it meant that the thing is, I had to make that decision. Do, do I take cash? Do I do a structure? And clearly, I made the right decision. Now, as president of NASA, though, I, I really have to state that this certainly is a very difficult time for industry. There's a lot of difficulties. They're not insurmountable, but but they obviously have to be acknowledged. So when you ask about the status, I think the first thing that's really on the table in everybody's minds, and I really say this as a representative of the board of directors and and our executive committee, but the first thing out there right now, that the the challenge is that, you know, the financial crises that we went through in late 2008 really had all consumers questioning 
all financial products for a while. And since we're dealing in financial products, that obviously wears off on us. The other issue when you ask about the status of the industry is that, you know, there have been long-time providers of structured settlement products that have exited our industry. I mean, they had to adjust to the new economic times, what their companies needed. And so that's obviously an issue, too. Uh, and quite frankly, even Congress, Congress is a long-time supporter of structured settlements. Sure. I mean, if not for them, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today because they recognize the value. But the reality is we know that right now that the tax code is being observed line by line. You know, and, and clearly there's some well-financed lobbyists who uh, maybe unintentionally, their interests don't coincide with ours. And quite frankly, we need to be vigilant about that. No question. And that's what NASA has been doing for years, uh, keeping their eye on the on the tax law to make sure that, as you say, inadvertently, because those bills, as you saw in the health care bill, they're thousands of pages long. And right. uh, to... You know, just a simple uh, phrase uh, on page 482 could uh, could be the doom of uh, any, really any uh, legislative uh, act. So uh, you're Absolutely. right. Absolutely. And that's why with that as background, you ask about what are NASA's plans you know, for, for 2010. Yeah, why don't what you are, lay out a few of them? Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is, we have made a decision as a board, we did it early in 2009, that, you know, we need to be focused. We need to be focused on our resources, our time, and what's really going to help our industry. So, uh, and, and Jim, being a member of the board, too, knows that we do everything now that's focused around our core objectives and missions. And it basically works down into three different buckets, and I have something for you in each one of those buckets. Well, let's go, let's go with number one. What's yeah, number one? Number one is, and, let's, and that's the most important, as you stated, and that's protecting the tax codes and state laws that, that govern structured settlements. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know that there are people out there, well-meaning people who, who love our industry, who really believe that this is a battle that doesn't have to be fought. And, and quite frankly, all I can simply say is in peacetime, you still need an army. And thank God we have a good one, because NASA's busy on Capitol Hill protecting our interests during this tax reform debate. You know, we're, we're working with Congress and the Obama administration to, to not only just protect the tax code, to make sure that, that new opportunities can be developed, you know, for structures in, for example, the Medicare and Medicaid arena. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, speaking for the NASA board, you know, we're really humbled by the comments that were made about the annual meeting we had in May of 2009 in Washington, D.C. Remember, that was the first time we decided to have an annual there because we realized that we needed to have a presence on Capitol Hill, and not just the good jobs that that people like Eric Vaughn do on the Hill and John Stanton, who are for Hogan and Hartson, and, and all the people of NASDA. We realized that we needed to be known to them and upfront and personal. And we know that one of our initiatives for the this year is to actually expand the value and the impact of what we do at our Washington, D.C. meeting. We'll include a Hill Day once again that will allow people to, to, to meet congressmen and senators that they could never meet on their own. So I, this is a way of saying right now that I'm really going to be asking people to really register and attend so that we can put the face out there and that we can avoid the situation you described, Larry, where we're a pen stroke away from somehow losing the very foundation of our industry. Right. The second area, we talk about mission and objectives. You know, we talk about building uh, political and public goodwill. And it has to be at the federal, state, and consumer level. Well, well, clearly, our activities on the Hill and what we're doing at our Washington, uh, D.C. meeting 
helps. But one of the things is is alliance. There are plenty of alliances in the insurance industry, in the legal field, many different associations. And, and, and it's no secret that there has been a tremendous alliance that has been forged between uh, NASTA and the American Association of People with Disabilities. That's AAPD. Uh, we're finding out that not only are they uh, of like mind in what we're trying to do, to protect people and do what, what's best for them through their products and their resources, but it also gives extra sort of uh, a power and voice when we're on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of our initiatives also is to continue to expand our alliances with other associations. Uh, names that have been thrown out there, of course, are some obvious ones like American Association of Justice, the National Association of the Elder Law, and other people. Sure. Okay. And I guess then the third area that I want to talk about, and, and that's really um, our role in in communicating and educating and advocating across the board, Larry, which judges, attorneys, the public, they need to know how structures work and why they are beneficial. I I think I'm really enthused about the judicial education initiatives being developed. I think, Larry, and I'd love to have your answer on this, Mm -hmm. I think if every judge in the United States who dealt with injured people knew what a structure was and how it worked, that there would be maybe three or four times the number of people who actually have structures. Well, I, th- I think you're right. I think uh, educating judges is very important. In fact, uh, another area where we need to educate judges are on the kinds of questions to ask when a factoring transaction comes before them. In other words, judges need some guidance. They need, right. they need something in front of them. And uh, to the extent that NASTA can provide uh, seminar leadership at uh, judges' conventions, and et cetera, would be a very helpful thing in terms of educating the uh, judiciary. Right. You know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention that when we have, even though this is, quote, an initiative for 2010, it's really an outgrowth of the processes that have been put in place in 2009. Uh, for example, uh, I think you're familiar with the uh, Scott Rothstein fraud case that was sure. Down in in Florida, sure. and quite frankly, uh, there was uh, it wasn't uh, um, it wasn't uh, intentional. It was mischaracterized, were, wasn't it? Well, it was horribly characterized. The media just made mistakes, and and we had an instant response team led by Peter Arnold that meant that every step of the way, when they somehow tried to equate what was going on there with the structure settlement industry of our core, it was handled immediately. So we need to make sure that we continue not only to educate people. But to respond when things like that happen, so that that the the good name of structure settlements, um, uh, you know, isn't sullied. Um, the other thing too is you've probably noticed recently that NASA has gotten into the world on its website, uh, the world of videos. You know, it's funny. Uh, two three years ago, we're sort of debating. Well, you know, how much should we do on videos? Uh, and of course, then YouTube came around, and I think it became obvious that videos are part of our life now. Mm -hmm. So not only have we moved into that world with some of the videos of judges, mediators, plaintiff attorneys, congressmen, senators, et cetera, we we have those, but that's going to actually improve not only in the quality, uh, but the number. And one of our initiatives also that is going on right now is an improvement of our website that helps communication and makes it more interactive. So that is sort of in summary is my view of the status in the industry and, and, the, uh, and the areas in which uh, NASA is heading in 2010. Sure, and I agree. And I would say that uh, not only is video important, but uh, audio isn't too bad either. I think audio <laughs> is very important, Larry. Well, you're speaking as a form, to a former college DJ who cut his teeth on the radio microphone. So hear, hear. There no, you that's, go. 
Hey, Dan, I want to scroll it back a little bit. Um, sure. We talked a little bit about all the difficulties that happened on Wall Street and in the financial markets. And, and could you talk a little bit about why our product is different than that and talk a little bit about why we there are misconceptions about structured settlements? Uh, sure. Um, I, I, the, the problem is that uh, people unfortunately think that a uh, structured settlement is uh, it's a product you can buy off the shelf, you know, like like a tube of toothpaste or something. And it's not. It's really a negotiation process where um, there are uh, life insurance products that stand behind it. As I mentioned before, in terms of why things are difficult right now, it is difficult to be a to offer a financial product in today's world. Uh, there's going to be a natural resistance to any kind of financial product because, you know, for a couple of months, there would seem to be a loss of faith, okay? And so the, the, a common misperception is, oh, well, the structure settlement may be nothing more than me going out and buying a stock or a bond. But, you know, this has happened in the past. You know, the three of us on this phone have been around for quite some time. We saw recessions in the past. We saw some some problems with the executive life. And at the end of the day, the misconceptions that, that stop people from doing structured settlements end up uh, disappearing. And, and the reason why is a couple things. First of all, they actually see the true safety of the product. Mm-hmm. Once a structured settlement consultant like yourself gets involved, it explains to people that the life insurance companies, which, by the way, Congress selected, okay? Mm-hmm. We, we, we've not imposed, uh, the life industry has not imposed ourselves. Congress selected life insurance company products uh, because, A, there is safety. Mm-hmm. You know, there are rating agencies, there's reserving practices, there's state regulations that really provide uh, comfort uh, to people. Now, I do want to acknowledge as part of the service of NAST is, you know, there's one dark cloud that we had on the horizon. That was back in 1991 when Executive Life failed. Now, the reason I bring that up is because a company like that could not get its foot in the door right now due to the changes in what's happening with the rating agencies, the wisdom of people who purchase structure settlement products. And, and although NASA is still monitoring some of the um, uh, executive life of New York continuing problems, what it does is we must remember that it's a problem from the 1990s that actually has no impact on the decision to get a structure settlement today. The companies that are, are, are standing behind the structure settlements are universally praised and accepted. The other thing, the, the misconception is, is and, and Jim, you know this better than anybody else, sometimes people, when they make their decisions, think it's all or nothing, that I have to put all my money in a structure settlement, and if I don't, I don't do any of it. You know, there's a suitability question about, about structure settlements, where if, when people see the advantages of the structure settlements, and they see the security, and most importantly, they see the flexibility of the design that actually meets their needs, then that's why at the end of the day, despite people's misconceptions, despite some of their concerns over the years, at the end of the day, people always come back and say, structure settlements are for me. You know, let's talk a little bit about the value of a structured settlement to an injured claimant. Uh, and trying to really figure that out. You know, I, I'm always reminded of the case I had years ago, and it happened to involve Allstate Life, coincidentally, mm-hmm. where 
one of the uh, items in the structured settlement design was a, a lump sum of $100,000 in 20 years. And I remember the lawyers looking, lawyer looked at me and said, how do I know, how do I know Allstate Life's going to be here in 20 years to pay that 100000 Right. And I looked at him and said, well, you know, I can't guarantee anything, but I can guarantee one thing. If your client doesn't take the structure, he'll never have 100000 in 20 years. <laughs> And and uh, and by the way, he did take the structure. So yeah, people have this perception uh, about the safety and security, as you talked about, the state regulations and all that are are, are in place to do that. Uh, and I can't tell you how many lawyers are so concerned about MetLife or Allstate Life or New York Life or any of those companies in today's marketplace. And then when I ask them, well, who who do you have your life insurance with to protect your family? And they tell me Podunk Mutual. So I, I get a kick out of that as well. Well, and how I do you talk about re- value? I, yeah, I have to reflect on that because that is true. Is that you know you you can't uh, for some reason there are people maybe out of ignorance who like to view um, structure settlements as something new or different. And as I stated before, we're simply just a financial product. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that um, when, you, there, we, when we cover the same ground and the same standards when people buy their own individual life insurance or investment annuities, you're absolutely right. There is no rush in the outside world to no longer buy annuities or life companies from, from safe life insurance companies. Uh, and so that's why I think you, people like yourself who bring up that information, which which is the value of a structured settlement consultant and a broker, that people actually you know, they don't see the forest for the trees, and you and you can you can break through that. I think the general comment that I like to make about the value proposition of structured settlements is if we all go back to what we sort of learned in finance 101, okay, or financial planning 101, and that's that everybody needs to have a strong base in their financial pyramid when they look at their own financial situation. Mm -hmm. And that everybody knows that the very base of your pyramid has to be solid, conservative, something that you can count on in your future. Well, I have to say that for those people who have settlement funds left. Now, you know, there are some people who have settlement funds. My God, they've got medical bills and liens and whatever, and they need all the cash right now. And, you know, that meets their needs that they can't do a structured settlement. But that's pretty rare. The reality is those people who have funds, what better way, what better way to build that financial pyramid than to have not only something that's conservative, secure, it can pay out over time, and more importantly, tax advantage. So, Larry, when you talk about the value proposition of structure settlements, for those reasons, you can't beat it. You know, and I also get a kick out of the, uh, the, 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 the issue of chasing a little better rate of return. You'll get, you'll get lawyers saying, or, or even claimants saying, you know, I can get a little better rate of return with something else. And, and I often say to them, you know, this money we're talking about, this is not an investment pool for you to be thinking about to, to, to invest for the future. A lot of this money that we're talking about in claim settlements are living expenses, things you're going to live on day to day. And what better than a monthly, uh, monthly benefit check that's coming and you know exactly what it is than something, uh, something else. So, you know, a lot of times you're right about it and that's all comes back to education. I know you're going to be talking about that a little bit later in the show about how NASA is going to try to help educate the public, because I think there's where if the public was a little more informed, I think, uh, would see a little bit different uh, result. But before, before we even go on to that, uh, Dan, I need to get into another area with you. Sure. And that is, uh, speaking of value and, and people's misunderstanding, what about the concept of structuring attorney fees? You know, I don't, frankly, I don't know why any attorney would not structure their fees 
because to me, it's essentially a 401k plan without the expense and the penalties. It, it, do you see it any differently, Dan? Well, and Larry, also, yeah. not, uh, less, uh, we don't have the same limits that you would have limitations on other deferred compensation plans. Absolutely. Talk, talk about structured attorney fees, Dan, and what, what you think about NASTA's uh, role in trying to promote that. Well, I, I think the, the, the key thing is you've already identified some of the benefits of, of structured uh, attorney fees. Um, as you've said, uh, no, no limits and, and, and some, of, some of the advantages they have. But, but let me just set the following base, though. Let's keep in mind that every attorney has an opportunity to review, to review basically the current tax rules and, 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 and tax cases that are out there to determine if they wish to you know, properly defer their fees. And it has to be, of course, within the confines of the original settlement agreement. So you know, everybody needs to know that this is all part of the settlement process uh, with, with, the, with the underlying uh, actions. And having said that, and a little technical, but I wanted to lay that out there. The fact of the matter is that industry statistics, and you know, just as you said, have shown that many attorneys have used the structured settlement process, these frameworks that have been provided by participating assignment companies and life companies. And it's done so they can achieve the benefits of deferral and the certainty that the life companies provide. So I must tell you, when you say, I don't know why you know, all attorneys don't do this, let's go back to suitability. I mean, there are certainly going to be some times where attorneys have cash flow needs or they're facing a divorce or are you... Are you so, I mean, suitability and, 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 and meeting somebody's needs are going to apply in the arena of attorneys as well. The only thing I, other thing I would add is that we have had some experience, certainly on the life side, and you may have seen this too, that sometimes attorneys who actually would like structured fees, uh, because of the firm they work for, they don't have the mechanics to accept it, and, and, and they're sad when they find out they can't do it. I guess my summary is that attorney fees um, are certainly an option. They're, uh, they're being exercised regularly. Uh, quite frankly, I am surprised, too, that they don't do it more often. And that leads me, if I may, to a little disappointment I have What's that? about some things that have happening uh, in this arena. Uh, I have to say, I'm disappointed. There was an article that was published recently um, that, that really painted a, a real broad brush. There was an assertion that, well, given these times, today's times, maybe it's not a good time to structure attorney fees. Or even to go so far as to say, well, maybe it's not even a good time to structure an injured party's benefits. I have to tell you, I guess there's an advantage of doing this for 27 years. This is a regular assertion that comes up that says, oh, based on the following assumptions and the following risks and the following modeling equation, structures are no good. And quite frankly, regardless of interest rates, regardless of marginal tax rates, the reality is it's safe advantaged benefits that form the base of a pyramid, whether it's for claimants or for attorneys, is always going to be suitable for most settling parties. So I categorically reject any kind of statement that paints a broad brush that says the structures aren't good for any group of people. That is an individual decision that tends to be a good one all times of the year and all times of the decade and all times of the century. Well, Dan, I think I think you're absolutely right. And before we take a break, I just want to say also, following up on what you just said, you know, sometimes when interest rates are high, you'd think, okay, well, structures are going to be, let's say, more amenable to a lot of folks. Well, even when, they're, when interest rates were high, I had lawyers telling me, well, I can do better. 
And you know, there were a lot of lawyers walking around this country that I tried to convince in the 1980s to lock in their clients' uh, tax-free numbers at 12%, 15% and higher, and, and even their, their attorney fees at, at significant uh, rates. And back then, even they said at that time, we can do better, we're not going to do it. So I think interest rates are a bogeyman in this because it really comes down to, what, as you said, creating a foundation, something safe and secure for the future. And if uh, that's entertained, I think at this point or any other point, structured settlements make a lot of sense. So with that, with that, let's take a break. We'll be right back with uh, Dan Durbin, president of the National Structured Settlement Association, and my co-host, Jim Early. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio. Legal information, trends, and topics from Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. Since 1975, Wrangler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Experience counts. Over 140,000 cases structured. This is Wrangler Radio from Wrangler Associates, placing more than $20 billion in structures over the past 30 years and one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. This is Wrangler Radio. Celebrating three years on the Legal Talk Network with topics important to the legal community. Did you know you could download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Ringler Radio. It's free. Did you know the number of listeners to Ringler Radio doubled in 2008? Thanks to our loyal listeners and welcome to all our new listeners as well. Well, welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you joined us. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, and joined by my colleague Jim Early from uh, New Hampshire and Dan Durbin, president of the National Structure Settlement Trade Association. And, uh, and Dan, factoring, let's talk about that for a second. It's It's been a controversial topic in our industry. We know that. And sometimes there's been a failure really to educate plaintiffs about the pros and cons, really about the benefit of the annuity benefits that they're getting. And uh, uh, as, as you say, you've said it many times, a lot of times these claimants go into these structured settlements realizing that it's good for them as they move down the road. But then, of course, circumstances change or at least they're influenced by advertising and other things. And, and the factoring issue comes up. Talk about factoring, what NASA thinks about it at this point and what you're doing about it. Right. Uh, you know, obviously referring to, uh, you know, Section 58. 91 of the code, because it, it, it does allow an acceleration of benefits if it's in the best interest of, of the annuitant and, and approved by a court order. And, and like you sort of implied, I'm personally aware of annuitants where they had some significant needs changed and, and they needed to have their, their benefits accelerated. But, he, but here's the problem. Not everyone is asking all the right questions and doing the right things. If they find themselves in the situation or think that they want to do that, the first thing is I think people are going into this with uh, this process without having some good advisors. This is a complicated process. Uh, this is not an easy process, and so I think you need to have some 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 good consultations, good advice. Uh, it, for example, um, we're seeing here. You know, if, if you're gonna, if you're going to have to do it or want to do it, do you accelerate all of it or part of it? Because as you mentioned, Larry, the reality is they have such good benefits that are set up already. The tax-free benefits, the, 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 the safety and the security, there's an awful lot you're giving up. 
Um, and, and I think the most important item uh, that we can talk about in terms of educating people on factoring in the process is at the bottom line is you have to ask yourself, is the amount that you're going to receive in exchange for that wonderful stream of future benefits, is that amount really worth giving up the benefits that you had in the first place. Well, sometimes I, sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning when you get the ad on TV, it, it kind of seems like a great idea. But don't you think judges need to ask questions that are, are really, really solid in this area? Well, and quite frankly, I, I think at some point in time, uh, the, the 5891 is out there, and judges need to do that. That's part of the Judicial Education Initiative that we're talking about so that they understand it. But I think it is the misunderstanding of the, of the approval process that maybe can have people slip through the cracks where maybe it's not in their best interest. So you're absolutely right. Judicial education is, is absolutely important. Um, I, I, use the same, I use an analogy. I had an offer for somebody who wanted to buy my absolutely pristine 1998 blue Volvo. Okay? Got one at home. Love it. The cash sounded good, but at the end of the day, I decided the reliability of what I had was better than the cash I was going to get. And I have seen judges who have made that decision and have said, no, that is not in your best interest. My fear, though, is that too many judges don't always look at it close enough. And yes, we need judicial education of judges on this issue. One other thing that's happening, I think, is in these state legislatures, they're, they're kind of addressing some of these. In California, I know that they, there's a provision now that requires a the, the plaintiff's actual attorney that handled the case to be involved in helping the judge determine whether this uh, is in the client's best interest, rather right. than and just a factoring lawyer. I need to lawyer. add, too, that obviously yeah. in our relationships on Capitol Hill, you know, this is certainly a concern, not just on factoring or structure settlements. Remember, there's a view by Congress on fairness to consumers. And I, I think that not only is there education, but there needs to be fairness. And as long as there's education and fairness, then the proper use of 5891 will, will continue. Hey, Dan, um, you know, as, as a member of the board of directors, I've enjoyed the pleasure of working with you and our fellow board members on our core objectives, one of them being education. Ultimately, there's nobody better to educate the settling parties than the broker. And you were in a unique situation of having been on the life company side, having been on the defense side. And we learned today you were actually uh, on the plaintiff side of a case on a very personal level. What makes a good broker? What defines that individual who's going to be successful in educating the settling parties? I have to tell you, I really believe that it's, it's, it's experience and, I'll use the other word, specialist. You know, everybody should demand a consultant that can understand and has experience in tax implications, closing documents, assignments of liabilities, flexibility, and suitability. And I have to tell you that we're blessed. This industry is blessed, and therefore consumers are blessed with consultants who are available, who have experience that, that must average almost 20 years now. And, and quite frankly, we're all aware of times when somebody decides who may be a financial planner or a stockbroker who wants to come in and say, oh, I can do this too. And the reality is a generalist is not going to be good as a specialist. They need to see the propers. They need to see the experience. You know, my, I have a, my general dentist is a lifelong friend, and I know he knows how to do root canal. He won't do it. He sends me to a specialist. And quite frankly, Jim, you know, these people need to do their due diligence and find a structure settlement consultant 
who is experienced and knows what they're doing and not treat it like any other financial investment. Well, you know, your dentist analogy is pretty apt because uh, trying to explain some of this to people is like pulling teeth. It really is. <laughs> you, you know, let me ask you, Dan, uh, as we close here today, uh, you know, you've, you've mentioned some great uh, initiatives this year, uh, the goals you have for NASTA. It sounds very exciting. Uh, can you accomplish it all this year? Are you going to have, is there, is there too much on your plate? Because we have focus, and, and through help of people like Jim, who's on the board, because of our focus, we can accomplish this. There's a lot of things that we've done internally. Just the mechanics of a trade association has allowed us to do this. Uh, the, the, the success of the last annual meeting means that we can continue to do what we need to do to promote goodwill and, and keep Congress on our side, and that is very important. Uh, the education process, because we're going to have a new interactive website, because we're going to have judicial education initiatives that we want to roll out, uh, and, and we want to keep making sure that people have the information. In fact, this is my plea right now to anybody listening to this. If you have your own website, put NASTA's link on there because that helps the education process and also puts us above other people who may be uh, maybe not in, in, in the best interest of, of NASTA. So uh, my answer is, yes, we can. We need to be wise, and uh, we're going to be having a leadership meeting coming up in New Orleans in, uh, in a couple of weeks where we're actually putting out all of the tactics and plans to accomplish what we need to do. Sounds great, Dan. And I think what we'll do is maybe we'll have you back here later in the year, and you can, uh, we can talk about how things are going. I'd be happy to do that, Larry. Well, Dan, how would somebody get in touch with you and the NASA organization if they needed to? Well, you know, we, we certainly have um, – our website would be absolutely wonderful. I, I can't encourage that enough, particularly as we're changing it and growing it and making it more interactive. And you can certainly go to uh, www.nssta.com. In there, you'll have other contact information. I, that is truly your best source. Great. And Jim, how about yourself? Uh, my phone number in my office in Manchester is 603-423-0055. Or you can find me through the Ringler Associates website, www.ringlerassociates.com. And in case you're a first-time listener, remember, you can uh, download every Ringler radio show from the Ringler website that Jim just mentioned or from the Legal Talk Network at LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can actually download it onto your iPod and uh, listen to it as you walk around the park in the morning for your, uh, for your morning jog. How, how does that sound, Dan? I would love to do that. Unfortunately, it's snowing right now. I'm not walking anywhere. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Now go out and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Prudential.